0: From the Roots Up, CIUT 89.5 FM, Toronto.
1: People. CIUT eighty nine point five FM
2: is the sound of your city.
3: 89.5,
0: 89.5, the sound of your city. city.
4: Hello and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougal. Today is the 66th episode of our show, Tracks from Abroad. Every single week we go to different countries all around the world. And today we are focusing on Equatorial Guinea and Gabon as well. It's uh, It's not the most beautiful day here in Toronto. It's a little bit cloudy out, um, but nonetheless, we're going to learn some stuff today about Equatorial Guinea, and hear some great music as well. That first track was the Okavango Orchestra. They're from Toronto and Montreal. They have artists in two cities, and um, created by Nadine McNulty of Booney. that lovely African show. She's been recommending some great music to me, and I appreciate it a lot. Our first guest today, we have two is Andrea Bioco? She joined us from Madrid, in fact, but much of her family still lives in Equatorial Guinea. She has uh, been there a few times as recently as just last year. And uh, we had a great conversation. Andrea is especially interesting because she hosts a podcast um, where she was going to school in Halifax at St. Mary's University and it's just very similar to mine. The goals are so similar. She's bringing in international students who go to that school and having fantastic conversations, really enlightening the campus. So you're gonna hear from her. We talk about all kinds of things, including what it meant for her to go back and visit her grandparents in Equatorial Guinea, her identity, which is one of the most complex I've seen, having been born in Madrid um, with connections to Equatorial Guinea and then now living in Canada. She's all over the map, a really interesting person. And our second interview of the day is with Maroney Minter. Maroney Minter is uh, someone I met in my hometown in Vermont, USA, at Waterbury Center. And uh, Maroney, he grew up in Gabon until he was 15 years old, ended up coming over to Vermont. And we're going to hear from him as well and his son, Ezekiel. So look forward to those two things. Shouts out to everybody listening from Vermont. I appreciate that very much. And we're going to get into my first interview with Andrea. But again, thank you for being here today with me because this is my last live show of the summer. I'm going to be traveling abroad this year. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But thank you for tuning in. You are listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. And here is our first segment with Andrea Bioco right here on Tracks from Abroad. Keep it locked. we are here with Andrea Bioko and she is also the host of a podcast that's very similar to Tracks from Abroad so she kindly reached out to me and today we're going to learn about her her background in Equatorial Guinea and her podcast Andrea welcome to our show
5: Thank you very much for having me Jesse and thank you so much for listening to us today I'm really excited to be able to share not only my story but also my student life in Canada
4: you know students in Canada, who come from abroad, they have very interesting identities. So you have a home in Madrid, you have a place in Canada, and you also have ties to Equatorial Guinea, which, as you told me, is the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa. How interesting. But first, you're wearing a soccer jersey, I think, and it's got some flags. Tell us about those.
5: Yeah, 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 here to represent. <laughs> yeah, well, I come from Equatorial Guinea, that is the only Spanish-spoken country in Africa. So it is next to Cameroon and Gabon. And it's a fun fact that it's the only Spanish country because it was a Spanish colony back in the days. We got independence on 1968 on the 12th of October. I always call myself, how do you say that, the cafe girl from there, because even though I wasn't born there, I still want to represent my community and and the place I come from. Every summer or every Christmas, we always had the opportunity to travel and visit my uh, family members that are there, my grandma. Every time I go there, it's an opportunity for me to reconnect with my roots. And it was like, I always say that, it was like life-changing experience in terms of like my identity as an African and as a black person as well.
4: All right, well Andrea, you also, you're just finishing up I think your last semester at St. Mary's University in Halifax.
5: St. Mary's University also called Soviet Business School. I'm the type of person that I'm not gonna choose a school that says that it's like top educational place in the world or the most expensive. I was looking for an environment where I was being able to connect with different cultures and at the same time learn together. And a fun fact is that Subway Business School has a really high rate 40% of the students are international students. So when I saw that, I was like, let me sign up as soon as possible.
4: And to get back to your podcast, it's called Talks for Students. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. For example, this episode is called Relationships 101. You have Andrea from Equatorial Guinea, Demetrius from the Bahamas, Maca from Zimbabwe, and Sarah from Taiwan. Like that is, you've almost got all the continents in there. And I'm sure you've made some really good friends from all over the world.
5: Oh, my God. It was how relatable... You can feel listening to that episode as a student, you know, balancing relationships with your school friends, balancing relationships with your classmates and also your professors. But yeah, I think one of the my criteria when I produce podcasts for Talks for Students is to be able to have a balance between local students and also international students to get both voices heard in the platform.
4: Very nice. All right. Well, on every show of Tracks from Abroad, we ask the student to bring a playlist of music from their country. And today, Andrea has kindly provided a playlist from Equatorial Guinea. And this is one of those examples in my daily listening on the radio, on Spotify, wherever. I would not normally run into these songs. So it's a great opportunity to listen outside my comfort zone. So i can going to ask you, Andrea, to pick one of these songs and tell us why you picked it.
5: I'm bringing you some bangers <laughs> to this podcast. But the main reason why I decided to make this playlist and include these songs is because each song represents a time of my life and an experience that helped me grow not only as a female but also as an African person. And also, because my country is so small, we're a very small community. We doesn't we don't reach even one point five million. We are like one point thirty five maybe million people. And just because we're so small, we always try to um, use music or or books, like literature or different kind of art in order to portray our experiences. And the fact that it's a Spanish country, we try to broad that up also with other communities, even the Latin America community as well. So thank you so much for helping me to bring these playlist together because it helped me to bring back memories. And which one I would choose first? Mm, that's a great question. Mighinea by Romy Solov. I came across that song when I was last summer, actually, back in my country. And it was a song that apparently it was played a lot, like God's plan for Drake. It's like a God's plan for Drake, but there it's, it's kind of like a viral song. And I have to thank you because these kind of songs helped me to reconnect with my roots. You know, I, I wasn't really connected with it before going back last summer. I have to admit that. So this song in particular talks about things that you should be proud of from my country, and also just the whole, no matter where you are, remember where you
4: come from. Amazing, all right, well you are listening today to Tracks From Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. We are speaking with Andrea Bioko, talking about Equatorial Guinea, and this song is by Romi So Love, right here on Tracks From Abroad. Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Today we are talking about Equatorial Guinea with Andrea Bioco. This is the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa, and we're so glad today because she is also the host of Talks for Students, a podcast from St. Mary's University in Halifax. Andrea, going from Europe, from Madrid to Halifax, that must have been a real change for you.
5: Definitely. Coming from a capital as Madrid is to a little city in Nova Scotia that is Halifax was a really shocking experience at first. But then I always say that I'm a very curious person and I like to get to know the history of the place that I live in and i had the opportunity to actually it was on my birthday 2021 my ex-boyfriend had the opportunity to take me to a museum because i love to learn <laughs> and we went to this museum that was called africville museum there was that is inside of a place that's called africville park africville museum that location in particular is my favorite place in canada not in, not only nova scotia but in canada and basically when you get inside of africville museum It takes you to an interactive uh, experience. I got the opportunity to meet the director of the museum, uh, Juanita Peters, that is such an amazing person. We're just trying to bring people to the museum, but also to bring back the the sense of what it's like to be there, because at least they have the space that
4: they destroyed. Yeah, exactly. So to wrap up this story, the tragic end to Africville, as you mentioned, was an urban renewal project. The government said we'll have to take all of these houses down, which had been there for decades. And bit by bit, the residents were evicted from this enclave that they had built by themselves. So I highly suggest that listeners look more into Africville. But for you, Andrea, being Afro-Hispanic, it's a unique thing because Equatorial Guinea is the only Spanish-speaking country. So for you then to come to Canada, a lot of complicated things at play for your identity did you learn anything coming to canada and meeting other students from around the world
5: that's a great thing the last thing that you said about my identity it's really important because i feel andrea that speaks spanish is a different identity than andrea that speaks english that's for sure i think learning a new language and being in a country where you need to speak another language it brings that new identity out of you and you will notice that jesse as soon as you speak more spanish you'll be a different person out of you mm. But to your question, for sure, I think the best things that I did in the first two years, I was only with Hispanic people and that was something that in the beginning was good, but not so good because I couldn't practice my English. So choosing St. Mary's was, again, was one of the best decisions that I made because not only it helped me to improve my English, but also get to know different cultures in all single space. And it's, it's amazing. Canada. Honestly, it's my favorite place, hands down, aside from Bioko Island
4: sure. and Spain. Recently, in, in the process of making this show and speaking to people from the Caribbean, I've learned more about the Afro-Caribbean people and the Africans that are living in South America. And do you feel any ties to these people? Because, again, the only country in Africa to speak Spanish, you're sort of isolated.
5: Yeah, I always say this. <laughs> like I I have 50% friends that are African and 50% friends that are Latinos. Because when I'm with a lot of black people, they speak English or French, right? I, they don't speak Spanish, so I feel way too comfortable to be myself. But then it's like I want to speak in Spanish, I can't. And then when I'm with Latinos, it's like, "Oh my god, I feel home." Ah, hablar español, me siento como en casa. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
4: They don't understand your you, the African part of you, maybe.
5: Exactly. So it's mm. like, it's always that, you know, I, I always try to find that balance. I always see that as being from my country, from Equatorial Guinea, Guinea Batorial, is a blessing. Because, I, yeah, of course we're so small, but we're so unique, it's a blessing, you know? So I do feel related with Caribbeans, and also Latinos, and also, African people.
4: (laughs) So it's really no wonder that you started Talks for Students to bring all of these pieces together. Then, So let's talk about that. Tell us how long you've been working on this show, the purpose of the show, and what kinds of people you have brought together.
5: The first reason and my purpose and values was basically to create a network of international students in my university, because I felt that we were so all over the place that we couldn't really meet up and share our student life. When you listen to Talks for Students, you need to understand that the first part is about student life, uh, what it's like to be international student in Canada, in particular in Saint Marys. but the, the second part is a game. So in that game, we try to not only share the student life, but also share a little nuggets about what it's like to be Mexican or what it's like to be from Nigeria, what it's like to be from my country in a fun way. So you got both parts, the fun part and the, um, I guess, the educational part in our podcast.
4: Very well said. You can find Andrea Bioko's podcast, Talks for Students, everywhere, I'm sure, on all podcasting platforms. And we are now going to take a music break here on Tracks from Abroad. We're gonna play some more music that Andrea suggested from Guinea Equatorial, Equatorial Guinea. And we'll be back right here on CIUT 89.5.
3: Hola,
6: soy Abril de Argentina. Hola, soy Deb de Perú. ¿Qué tal? Mi nombre es Hugo de Guatemala y están escuchando a Tracks from Abroad en CIUT 89.5 FM.
4: Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. And today we are doing yet another episode on an African country. And we're joined by Andrea Bioko. Andrea, for you, You have a complicated background, born in Madrid, having traveled many times to Equatorial Guinea, where your family is from, but also coming now to Canada. And it sounds like you're very comfortable in Canada, but in the long term, where do you think you'll settle and how are you going to balance these homes that you have?
5: That's a great question that you asked me, Jesse. I feel, first of all, that both Canada and Spain share values of welcome, guys. Welcome to my country. Mm. It's very diverse friendly. And that's one thing that I'm very passionate about in terms of like being able to build a bridge among them. As a long term, I see myself living in Canada, raising my kids in Canada, working in Canada. But at the same time, going back and forth to both of my countries, both Spain and Guinea-Equatorial. But in a way in which all three are benefiting each other, building synergies among them. And that can be in a professional way, in a vocational way, in a educational way. And I'm very, really focused on that because I feel like that's a question I'm asking myself now. Andrea, how are you able to live in Canada, but also find those synergies among all these three continents, America, Europe, and Africa? If you guys have any (laughs) suggestions, let me know.
4: And I think your idea now to begin working in immigration is perfect. This sounds like the perfect place for you. So what are your thoughts as you transition into this job?
5: That's a great question that you asked me, Jesse. I started working this immigration company. It's called Emiland Canada. You can find it on everywhere. It's called at E-Miland with two M's, Canada.ca. And I'm really glad that I'm working with this company because there is something really interesting, Jesse. This company was founded by Latin Americans that live in Canada. So when I heard about it, I was like, this is perfect. And when they were like, okay, we're really interested to open the market in Spain. I was like, say less." This is one of my jobs is to be able to help them open the market here in Spain. And actually this month, the last month, the last week of the month, they're coming here to Spain to be part of the, the biggest educational fair in Spain. And they're going to be the expositors. We're going to be the expositors and just wish me luck, guys, because I was raised by by a family of entrepreneurs, in particular, my grandpa. My grandpa was one of the founders of the UNDP that basically he, after the independence of Guinea Equatorial, he worked as a diplomat and he brought the United Nations to my country in order to establish it as a nation. Always thinking about that, always helped me to be like, OK, Andrea, this is something that not only is going to help you, but it's going to help the connections among the the places that you visit, or you stay, or you live in. Sure.
4: And can you talk about the lives of your ancestors, so your grandparents, for example, if they're living currently in Equatorial Guinea, what are their lives like, and what do they do day to day?
5: Yeah. Well, talking about, I just recently talked about my grandpa. My grandpa was an entrepreneur since day one. When he was my age, he studied his diplomat career, and it was a time where the country was still, the Spanish were still in the country. So it wasn't independent. My grandma, Pilat, I teach her Spanish and she teaches me fun. That is like the, the mother tongue language in my country, one of them. So she's always like sharing me stories about what was like back in the days. And one of the things I like to do with my grandma back there is like, we normally do like grocery shopping, but her grocery shopping is different because we don't go to a grocery store. We drive among all the villages and normally on the highway, they have the fruits and veggies and we stop and and she's always like, Hey, no, this is too expensive. Give me this and give me that. And I love doing that with her. Yeah. My grandparents are a very important people in my life. Like I know they, they have lived so many experiences that I'm grateful for them because I'm able to live how I live and, and I will always be grateful for them. Not only my grandparents, but also my family, because once again, they continue to acknowledge and help me acknowledge my roots. And that's something that is very, that has been very, very crucial as a Afro-Hispanic person, you know.
4: Yesterday in Spanish class, I learned a w- the word sabiduría, wisdom.
5: Yeah. I always say that family, it's, uh, it's the backbone. It's like a tree. And I don't know if you can see it in the flag of my country. There is three words, unidad, y justicia, unity peace and justice. Mm, mm. And in the middle of the flood, there is a tree that is called the oak tree. When you get to know someone from that country, that all these three, unity, peace and justice, always shows in that person. So I hope that I portray
6: that.
4: (laughs) That's wonderful. And I think that's a good place to end. Andrea Bioko, talking today about Equatorial Guinea, we want to thank you so much for coming onto Tracks from Abroad.
5: Thank you so much, Jesse, for inviting me. I think it's such a great podcast and I would recommend to any student, international student in Canada that is listening to this podcast, please join. This is amazing. We're raising the bar. I don't know how many episodes we have down, You have created already, but the more countries that join, the better.
4: Yes. Yeah. We're right now around 65 episodes and I've taken inspiration from you too. Talks for students. We're doing the same thing, just in different places. And so nice to be able to talk to people from all over the world.
5: Thank you very much for having me.
4: Are listening to Tracks From Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. I'm joined in the studio by Seth, who kindly came in to see me off for this last live show of not the year, but of the summer. And uh, this summer I am going away, in fact, for the month of May to Malaysia and shortly after to Spain, a country I've never been to, uh, intending to practice my Spanish uh, to the Basque country, Bilbao. That's going to be really fantastic but let's not get ahead of ourselves we are first of all have to give a huge thank you to andrea first of all for reaching out to me uh what a nice thing to do sharing her her own podcast that she does talks for students you can find it everywhere i highly recommend that and so similar i mean our mindsets are are quite uh one and the same in terms of bringing international students onto the radio hearing their thoughts their you know, their backgrounds. It's really wonderful and I estimate that I brought about a hundred of those students onto the show. Not of the students, in fact, but I do, you know, one or two students per week for 65 episodes, maybe 100, give or take, who knows. But those people wouldn't necessarily get a chance to get on the radio, so um, I am so happy to do that. Again, thank you to Andrea for coming on the show. And next, let me introduce our next guest, Maroni Minter and Ezekiel. Moroni grew up in Gabon uh, until he was 15 before coming to central Vermont, USA. If you know anything about Vermont, you know it is very different from Gabon, in terms of temperature, in terms of uh, topography and uh, like I said recently Ezekiel his son has been made the same trip over from Gabon and so we talked to Moroni about that transition um, some of his challenges and then some of his successes and he's had many successes I can tell you and uh One of the most interesting things that came up in our conversation, the shock for him of discovering that in Africa, his skin color labeled him as a white person, whereas in Vermont, he was considered a black person. We're gonna talk about all these things, identity. It's a very complicated issue, but without further ado, we're gonna welcome Moroni Minter onto the show. And again, shouts out to everybody listening from Vermont. Much love, this is Tracks from Abroad. And today we are joined by Maroni Minter and Ezekiel. Thank you guys for being on our show. Thank you for having us. Beautiful weather here uh, in Vermont. Sunny day. It's a little windy, but, you know, we'll we'll take it. Maroni, your story starts in Gabon. You're now in Vermont. Can you tell us about moving from Gabon to Vermont?
7: Yeah, like you said, um, my story starts in Gabon. Um, just a little bit of background. My father is a white man from Philadelphia Del- 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 who... Peace Corps back in the 80s. Eventually, I was born in 1986. Uh, I grew up not knowing my father. We didn't really have contact when I was growing up. Uh, eventually, around 2000 is when I finally connected with my father. Um, And I moved to Vermont in 2004, finished uh, high school uh, here and graduated college and lived in Vermont longer than I lived in Gabon. So I guess I consider myself more of a Vermonter
4: now. It's a it's a very interesting combination, and you've been... Welcome to Vermont. We play soccer together and disc golf, and I think you fit in very well. And Ezekiel, you also recently made the same trip from Gabon to Vermont. How has that been for you? Just recently, too.
2: I'm um, doing a lot of gifts. I'm doing skiing here, swimming. But, and I'm doing... um
7: a lot
2: of soccer. I
7: play
0: soccer. Club. Nice.
7: So this is the first time he's on a team and learning how to be a teammate. And it's it was hard at the beginning, but I think he's come along that soccer is a sports. You know, it's, it's a team sport, not just an individual sport. So
4: Yeah. And Maroney, when you arrived, very early on, I think you and I went to the swimming pool together. My dad took you around and showed you Waterbury and Stowe. What do you remember from... Those early days that's a good question it's interesting
7: just having my son here Ezekiel here now and watching him go through what I went through when I first arrived here obviously I was older than him when I arrived here I was uh, 15 years old he's um, eight when he got here you know being thrown in this place where not only I didn't speak English um, that was very challenging you know, a new culture, a new language, a uh, new weather, a new seasons. Um, as you know, I'm a social person. I love to talk. I love to socialize. And so when you have that language barrier, it can be very, very challenging. Uh, and I remember those first days where, you know, Vermonters, we love to talk. We love to say hi. We love to smile to strangers. And so for me, that was, I've never been a place where people just smile at you, say hi to you randomly used to have families come over here and try to engage with me, trying to talk to me. And I used to like, just run, run and lock myself in my bedroom because I didn't speak English and I was very frustrated. Uh, so it took me a while to understand that people just want to engage. People just want to get to know me. So the day when I first met your dad, spoke French, still speaks French and just being able to connect with someone who could understand me, uh, speaking French, I was just so overjoyed and, and I still remember that. Um, and your dad was, you know, was one of the first people that I met and we kind of became grand in a way. And so it's it was it was really helpful to, to have them and
4: knowing that there's somebody that I could communicate with. In Waterbury's local newspaper, the Waterbury Roundabout, and on Facebook, you told your story to the people mm-hmm. in our town. And one part of that was talking about how in Gabon, you felt as though you were a white person. People treated you as though, you know, your skin color was different from theirs. And here you are in Vermont, that people yeah. think that you're a black person. Can you talk about that?
7: I grew up in a very tiny village, no electricity, no running water in Gabon. And so being, I said, my father's is white, uh, my mother's black, you know, I, I, I'm light skinned. So uh, I had the lighter skin in the whole village growing up. I was lighter than anybody else. And so I grew up being called the white kid. Anyone who had never seen a white person, I was white to them. And so I grew up believing that. Uh, even my parents, my grandparents always treated me not in a, in a bad way. I, I just There was this privilege that came along with this idea that I was white. And so when I moved to Vermont and the first time it hit me is when I was called the N-word at school. Uh, and that was the first time that I had never been called N-word before. I kind of stepped back after that and realizing the impact that that word had because I never considered myself that. And if you understand the definition of what that is and being called that at the time, that was very, very hurtful. So I think that's that was when I started embracing my identity and and what that identity is. I am African American, and so that's 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 what it is. But. You know, and I still remember from my grandparents, I grew up with this pressure because you're white, you're supposed to be smarter, you're supposed to be better than everybody. And there were all these expectations of what I should become. I know who I am, and what I am is I am my father, I am my mother, and I'm African-American, and that's how I describe myself. Yeah. I think our community has moved significantly in a more positive way in terms of how we create a more inclusive, welcome community Uh, not just Waterbury, but within our school district. Years ago, we had the whitest school board, and I remember that I can ever remember. Now you look at our school board, we have a Waterbury school board, and that's a testament to the work that the Waterbury Anti-Racism Coalition has done, right? I can tell when I went to Harwood, I was the only black person in the school, and you can only imagine how tough that is. I mean... I can get away with anything. I mean, I'm talking about just small things, like, you know, little things that anybody could get away with. I think that's probably what I have seen
4: changed um, over the years that, that I've been here. What parts of your heritage and Ezekiel's heritage from Gabon do you want to keep with you in Vermont?
7: I think just just knowing where he comes from. And maintaining his language, you know, French, which is, it's going to be hard. That's very important because if he's going to go back, being able to communicate with his friends back there, his family who's, who are there, they can't speak English. So he's maintaining his language, but also a sense of not losing his identity, where where he comes from, and,
4: uh, and being proud of who he is, and I want him to maintain that. Moroni and Ezekiel, thank you guys very much for coming on Tracks from Abroad.
2: You're welcome.
4: Thank you, Jesse. That was Maroney Minter and his son Ezekiel talking to me from Vermont via Zoom. However, I'm going to go back to Vermont very shortly. That's where I'm from if anyone uh, was curious. And uh thank you to both of our guests Andrea Bioko from uh from Madrid but also connected to Equatorial Guinea and Maroni from Gabon. Thank you guys both for coming on our show today, but the show is not over. Um so first of all I did want to thank the guests. Let's see what's next. Oh, if you want to hear any uh shows rebroadcast. Now the reason is because I am going to Malaysia for the next 4 weeks. Uh, Started, yeah, the next four weeks, I think. And so uh, if you want to hear any other episode, previous episode, we've got 65 to choose from. If you want to hear any certain episode, you can email us at tracksfromabroad at CIUT.fm. Of course, all of those episodes are available uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, the whole shebang. Uh, all sorts of countries, and here's something interesting. If you are traveling abroad this summer, if you're just living outside of Canada, I would love to integrate you into the show. It can be as simple as you suggesting a piece of music that you like from wherever you are. You could even, uh, you know, call in, leave a short message. You can send us an email at tracks at CIUT.FM or Instagram is TFA.Radio. But I would love to get some stories from all, the ra- all around the world, even while I am traveling. So that's just an idea I had. Uh, feel free to contact. Contact us. Next of all, I'm uh, really happy to have brought on, you know, as I estimate, maybe a hundred guests to the show who would not normally have been on uh, for these 66 episodes I've done. So if you, uh, you know, tell me who you liked, who was great, who should we invite back on, and is there anybody that you really think we should speak to in Toronto or elsewhere in the world? I would love to hear your opinion on that. And finally, we are going to end off this show with Emmanuel Jall. This is a, uh, a Toronto-based artist. He is from South Sudan, recommended to me by uh, Nadine McNulty of the band, of the, uh, the radio show on CIUT, Keri Booney, that is. And so uh, you're going to hear this artist right now. And I want to also say Indigenous Waves is pre-recorded today. So if anyone would like to call into this show, you can dial 416-946-7000. And I'd love to hear your opinions on the show. That's 416-946-7000. Without further ado, we're going to end off this episode with Emmanuel Jahl. This is Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougal. We've also had in the studio this whole time Manur, Razak, and Seth, some fantastic students at the University of Toronto who helped me out. Thank you very much for listening. Peace. <laughs> listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Today was our 66th episode. One country every single week learning about all types of new cultures. Thank you very much for listening. Right here you're listening to Folamour and Emmanuel Jal. These are uh, one French artist, one Toronto artist. We'll get back to the song.